Hey everyone, welcome to Season 2 of Audiomorphs. New intro music, new adventures, new perils. It is very hot in my room right now, and I have to turn off my fan to record this, so I'll be brief. Thanks to all of you still listening to this dumb thing, and be sure to visit audiomorphs.podbean.com for more of it. Also, while this is a bit premature, please send in some song recs for new intro music, because this was the last animal theme song that I know, and if I'm left to myself, y'all just gonna start hearing my bad taste in music. So send in those suggestions to audiomorphscast.tumblr.com or audiomorphscast at gmail.com. Well, I won't bore you any longer, and also I am dying in this room. So, on to book two. Enjoy. Book two. The Visitor. Chapter one. My name is Rachel. I won't tell you my last name. None of us will ever tell you our last names. Whenever I do use a last name, it's fake. Sorry, but that's the way it has to be. And we won't tell you the name of our town, or our school, or even what state we're in. If I told you my last name, the Yurks would be able to find my friends and me. And if they ever find us, it will be the end. They might kill us. Or worse. Yes, there really is something worse than death. I've seen it. I've heard the cries of despair from those doomed to be slaves of the Yurks. I've watched as the evil gray slugs writhe and squeeze in through the ear and take over what was a free human being. There are five of us. Just five. Jake, Cassie, Marco, Tobias, and me. Marco came up with a name for us, for what we are now. He called us Animorphs. I guess that's as good a name as any for what we are. Mostly, I just feel like a normal kid, you know? But I guess normal kids don't turn into elephants or bald eagles. And normal kids don't spend their free time fighting to save the world from the nightmares called Yurks. That day, the sun was bright. It warmed the earth below us. Warm air rose in an invisible bubble, a thermal. The thermal pushed up beneath our wings, and we circled higher and higher and higher, till it almost seemed like we could touch space. Somewhere up there in cold space, up in orbit, was the Yurk mothership. Perhaps right over our heads. The Yurks were parasites. In their natural state, they were just big slugs who lived in a sludgy pond called a Yurk pool. But the Yurks have the power to take over other bodies. They have enslaved many races throughout the galaxy. The Taxons, the hork and others. And now they have come to Earth, looking for more bodies to control. Who was there to try and stop them? Well, off in space, there were the Andalites. But the Andalites were far away, and it would take them a long time to come to rescue the people of Earth. On Earth, no one knew of the Yurks. No one but five kids who were having fun being birds and riding the thermals. I looked over at my friends. Some were a little way below, some were higher up. Jake was flapping his wings a little more than the rest of us. He had adopted a falcon morph. Falcons don't soar quite as well as hawks or eagles. Tobias was the smoothest flyer. That was partly because red-tailed hawks are natural acrobats. Partly it was because Tobias had much more practice flying than the rest of us. Too much practice. Okay, Tobias, you were right. This is the coolest thing in the world. I said. Wanna try a dive? It's amazing, he said. I wasn't exactly sure I wanted to dive, but what could I say? I don't normally turn down a challenge. So I said, sure. 
Follow me. Tobias bent his wings back and plummeted toward the ground like a bullet. I tucked my wings back and went after him. The ground came rushing up at me. I was falling, falling with nothing to stop me from splatting into the ground. It was like a nightmare. We were going like 60 miles an hour, as fast as a speeding car. 60 miles an hour, aiming right for the ground. But even though it was scary, it was also way cool. Forget surfing. Forget skateboarding. Forget snowboarding. You haven't had a thrill till you've ridden the thermals a mile into the air and then gone hurtling straight down at maximum speed. Airstream passed just like when you open the car window and you're going really fast. It was like being in the middle of a hurricane. The leading edge of my wings were battered and vibrating. I felt my tail making dozens of tiny adjustments, moving a single feather one way or the other to keep me pointed straight. But one wrong move and I could have tumbled end over end. At this speed, if I suddenly tumbled, I feared I could break a wing. A broken wing this high up was a death sentence. Tobias, I just realized something. What? This isn't like being an elephant. If I got in trouble as an elephant, I could morph back to my human body. But I'm a long way up. If I morph back into my human body... I didn't finish the sentence, but I suddenly had this vision of me, real me, Rachel, dropping like a stone toward the hard ground below. I guess Tobias could sense the fear that was building in me. Let the eagle do the flying, Tobias advised. Relax and let the eagle's mind do the thinking. She knows what she's doing. I'm glad one of us does, I said nervously. It's strange when you're in a morph. You have the animal's brain in with your own. Usually you can control that animal intelligence, but not always. And sometimes you have to learn to let go, to let the animal take charge. I relaxed. Instantly the vibration lessened. I felt more stable. The eagle was in charge and Tobias was right. The eagle knew how to fly. Then, to my amazement, I saw something go zipping right past us, faster than either me or Tobias. It was Jake. His peregrine falcon's smaller wings made it harder for him to float on thermals, but those same wings made him unbelievably fast in diving. It was almost like Tobias and I were standing still. Yeah! <laughs> Jake yelled in our heads. I would have smiled if I had a mouth. Jake is like me. He loves excitement and adventure and being a little crazy. Maybe we're so alike because we're cousins. Also, we're both a little competitive, I guess. It bothered me that he was a faster diver than I was, just like it bothered him that I could soar better. I guess that's ridiculous, huh? Zing! Something went right by my head. You hear that? Tobias asked. Yeah, I sure did, I said. What was it? I don't know. Instinctively, I pulled up out of the dive, straining every muscle in my wings as I opened them and felt the shock of wind resistance. It was like opening a parachute. The rest followed my lead. We were still a few thousand feet up, but much closer to the ground than we had been. Zing! I felt something go right through my tail feathers. Hey, someone down there is shooting at us, I said. I can see them. Cassie said. She and Marco had joined up with us. They had both morphed the same osprey. It was hard to tell them apart because you can't really tell where thought speech is coming from. Two guys over in the woods. They have a rifle. I can't believe this. I was really mad. I'm an endangered species. I'm a bald eagle. What's the matter with those creeps? He's getting ready to shoot again, Marco reported. I can see him taking aim. 
As soon as you see the flash of the rifle, dodge hard right! I yelled. A normal eagle or hawk or falcon would not have been able to figure that out. But we weren't just raptors. We had our human intelligence. There are times to let the animal take over. There are other times when that superior human intelligence comes in handy. There! They fired! Jake yelled. Instantly, I turned a sharp right. The bullet went whizzing by harmlessly. You know what? I don't think I like those guys, Tobias said. Tobias had special reasons for disliking anyone who would shoot at a bird. Me either, I agreed. I have an idea. I explained what I wanted to do, and the five of us flew off, out of range of the shooters. When we were far enough away, we went into a steep dive, down, down, faster and faster toward the trees. I thought I was scared diving from high up. Now I was diving at lower altitude, aiming directly at the trees. This was a whole new level of terror. With my eagle's eyes, I could see the bark on the trees. I could see ants on the bark of the trees. It was like those trees were right in front of us. I hoped the eagle knew when to pull out of the dive. If I slammed into one of those trees at 60 miles an hour, I was spam. Then, at just the right split second, like a perfectly trained squadron of fighter jets, we opened our wings and swooshed into the trees. Unbelievable. <laughs> I heard Marco yell. I don't know if that was fun or just insane. It was like some video game nightmare. We kept most of the speed from the dive and now we were zooming through the trees so fast that tree trunks were just a brown blur all around us. Tree! Bank left. Tree! Bank right. Tree! Dozens of feathers made the slightest individual adjustments. Muscles in my wings trimmed the angle of attack a millimeter one way, a millimeter back. Tree! 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 Ah! I yelled, half from terror, half from the total out-of-control thrill of it. In and out, around and through. Zoom! Zoom! Suddenly, there they were, just ahead in a clearing. Two teenage creeps sitting in the back of a pickup truck. One guy had a blonde ponytail. The other one wore a baseball cap. They were a hundred yards away, like being all the way down a football field, but my eagle eyes were so good I could count their eyelashes. The guy with the ponytail had the rifle. The other guy was drinking a beer. They were still scanning the skies, looking for us. Guess what, morons, I thought as we raced toward them. We're not up there anymore. We're right here. In. Your. Face. They didn't even have enough time to look surprised before we struck. As a bald eagle, I was the biggest of the five of us. I could carry the heaviest load. I raked my talons forward. I opened them wide. <coughs> Tobias's hawk let loose an intimidating shriek. My talons hit the gun barrel and closed around it. Tobias slashed the ponytail guy's head with his own talons. Ponytail shouted in pain and surprise and loosened his grip on the rifle. Hey! The second guy yelled. Zoom! I was out of there with the rifle in my talons. With the additional weight of the rifle, it was a struggle to get any altitude. That bird has your gun, Chester, and the other one stole my beer. I glanced over and saw Marco. At least I think it was Marco. He had the beer can in his talons, half crumpled. They're way too young to be drinking, Marco said in his most parent-like voice. I heard the ponytail guy complaining down below. That ain't right. It ain't right that no bird should take my rifle like that. I caught a little breeze and gained just enough altitude to get above the trees, but I was still having a hard time. My wings were beating the still, dead air of the woods and not getting very much lift. 
I scraped the top of a tall pine tree and emerged from the woods, still flapping hard to carry the weight of the rifle. I made it out toward the beach, over the low cliffs at the water's edge. The blessed thermals were there. They lifted me up, up, and out over the water. I relaxed, letting the warm wind carry me higher. I dropped the rifle about a mile out in the ocean. I figured any jerk who would shoot at a bald eagle didn't need a gun. Marco dropped the beer with amazing precision right into a trash barrel. He looked as proud as he would have if he had just thrown the winning basket in the NBA championship. It's been almost two hours, Cassie warned us as we lazily drifted back toward the shore. Two hours is the time limit. If you stay in a morph for more than two hours, you're trapped. Forever. Chapter 2 There's an old, run-down church no one uses anymore, not far from the beach. It has a bell tower, although the bell is gone. We flew there, that's where we had started from. Our clothes and shoes were still piled there. Four pairs of shoes for the five of us. Cassie, still in her osprey body, peered down at her watch lying on the floor. Good, an hour and a half. We should try never to go over an hour and a half. We began to morph back into our human bodies. Morphing takes concentration. When you're going from human to animal, it's harder. You really have to focus. But going back to human is easier. I focused on my human self. I formed a picture of myself in my mind. Tall, thin, with blonde shoulder-length hair. I focused especially on the hair, because I didn't like my last haircut. It was uneven at the bottom. Not that it mattered, I just wished I could do something about the hair when I morphed. Unfortunately, morphing doesn't work that way. The changes began quickly. The feathers that covered me began to melt. They ran together like hot wax. In some places, when my skin reappeared, it would have this beautiful feather pattern for a few seconds. My yellow bill sucked back into my mouth and became white teeth. That part sort of itched. It made me want to grind my teeth a few times. My lips grew out around my teeth. My eyes went from pale gold to my normal blue. My legs grew quite a bit, from about 3 inches to normal size. I looked over at Jake and saw the same thing happening to him. Let me tell you, watching someone morph is not a pretty sight. It's the kind of thing that would give you screaming nightmares if you didn't know it was going to be alright. When Cassie morphs, she always does it kind of artistically. Like when she changes into a horse, she does it so she doesn't look like a total creepazoid. She has a natural talent for morphing, if there is such a thing. The rest of us just let it happen however it happens. The result can be disturbing. I happened to see Marco at the moment where his hairy boy legs came shooting out of this little bird body, and I yelped, Yeah! Gross! And you don't look so good yourself, Rachel! His mouth was morphing even as he spoke, so the first few words were garbled and the last were normal. I think what he said was, Hey, you don't look so good yourself, Rachel. He was probably right. I was glad I didn't have a mirror. My tongue grew fat in my mouth. My eyesight became faded and dim. The eagle's mind evaporated, leaving me all alone in my head. My wings became arms. My talons became toes. The scaly yellow eagle legs became my own legs, only they were still all scaly at first. Nice look, chicken legs, Marco said. Do those come in extra crispy too? I smiled at him. You're one to talk, Marco. I pointed down at the floor. See, his legs had changed back, but he still had huge osprey talons instead of feet. As my skin began to reappear, so did my morphing outfit. Fortunately, after a few tries, we had all learned to morph some very minimal clothing. Usually, nothing more than skin-tight workout clothes or leotards. 
not enough to go walking around in, but enough to keep us all from dying of embarrassment when we morphed in front of each other. I checked out my friends. They were mostly normal again, with just a few remaining hints that they had been birds a minute earlier. Jake is kind of a big guy, strong looking, with brown hair and serious dark eyes, although at the moment, his eyes were shining with excitement. Sometimes being in a morph just totally breaks you out. Jake was a lizard once, and he still hasn't gotten over the fact that he ate a live spider. But I guess he enjoyed being a falcon, because he was babbling on and on about how great it was. That was so absolute, he said. It's like now, being back in a human body, I feel like I'm handicapped or something. I feel like I'm glued to the ground. And blind, Cassie agreed. Human eyes are so lame for seeing things far away. She grinned and spread her wings. She had managed to keep her wings till the very end. Now she looked like some sort of strange angel. Oddly, the look worked for her. The osprey's five-foot gray and white wings were incredibly cool. Do you think you could fly? Jake asked her. He looked a little awestruck. Cassie laughed. No, Jake. This body weighs about 80 pounds. These wings weren't built for that kind of weight. She morphed her wings into arms in about three seconds and laughed gaily. Marco shook his head. Great. When we morph, we look like some mad scientist's genetic experiment gone totally crazy, and Cassie gets to look like an angel. Cassie and I have been friends for a long time, although to look at us, you wouldn't think we'd hang out together. Cassie is casual to the extreme. The girl just doesn't care about her clothing or style. I swear she would wear overalls to a wedding if someone didn't stop her. Cassie lives on a farm, and her whole family is massively into animals. Her dad uses the barn to run the Wildlife Rehabilitation Clinic, which is a kind of hospital for injured animals. It's always full of birds and skunks and possums and coyotes and every other animal you can think of. Cassie's mom is a vet too. She works at the gardens, this huge zoo and amusement park. So maybe Cassie was just born with an instinct for understanding animals. All I know is she's always finished morphing while the rest of us still look like creepy half-human, half-animal monsters. As for me, well, it's not that I'm Miss Fashion or whatever, but I do like nice clothes. I guess that, plus the way I look, makes a lot of people think I'm stuck up or something. People do think I'm pretty, but to me it's just an accident, you know? Looks are not the important thing. It's what's in your head that counts, and that's what I concentrate on. Of course, that's another area where Cassie and I are a little different. I guess she would say, no, it's what's in your heart that counts. She's a natural peacemaker. If there's ever a hassle within the group, it's usually me and Marco that caused it, and Cassie who got us all to calm down. Personally, I'm glad to be back in my regular body, Marco said. The flying part is great, but it's just not a good idea to be able to see that well. Why? Jake asked. Look, Jake, how many times have you been walking around the mall or whatever, and you'll see a girl who seems good-looking from far off, but when you get closer, it turns out she's a skank. I mean, if you could see this well all the time, excuse me? I interrupted. I'm sure I didn't hear you say what I thought you just said. I wasn't being sexist, Marco protested. It goes both ways, see? From far off, I look taller than I am. Marco is a little self-conscious about being short. He has long brown hair and a dark complexion, and most girls think he's really cute. But being small bothers him. Your problem isn't with people seeing you too well, I said. It's with people hearing you too well. You look like a fairly smart guy. Then you open your mouth. Marco just grinned. Marco lives to annoy people. He really is extremely smart and basically nice underneath it all. 
It's just that the boy loves to provoke people. Marco and Jake are best friends, even though Jake is serious and thoughtful and always trying to do what's right, while Marco is sarcastic and temperamental and the most reluctant of the Animorphs. Marco still thinks we should just give up the battle against the Yurks and try to stay alive, but with Marco, you never know if he really believes that or if he's just saying it to be contrary. Well, let's get out of here, Jake suggested. I have homework to do. Me too, I said, and I have gymnastics class this afternoon and I'm totally unprepared. Cassie sighed. It's such a drag. The chores and the homework all come rushing back as soon as we change back into our boring human selves. As soon as she said it, Cassie bit her tongue. She cast a regretful look to Tobias. See, while all of us had changed back, Tobias had not. Tobias was still a hawk. Tobias, who had once had unruly blonde hair and eyes that seemed hurt and tender and hopeful all at once. Tobias had been trapped while we were trying to escape from the hellish nightmare of the Yerkpool. He had stayed more than two hours in that morph. We had all returned to our human forms, but Tobias was still a hawk. Tobias will always be a hawk.